American dream is not dead. Listen to Neil and Jeff share their leadership experiences through a new kind of leadership podcast. This is The American Hustle. I'm leveled up. And this is my world Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever, however you are listening to us. Welcome to The American Hustle, where we believe the American dream is not dead dead. This podcast is about leadership and business and entrepreneurship and just downright being a good human being. I am your host, Neil Simpson with SFJ 4x4, joined with our esteemed producer. Hi, I'm Jeff Shermani. Uh, you know, first off, please take a moment, like, subscribe, give us that five-star rating for a show. In this episode, we're going to be talking about customerology, using psychology to increase sales while also improving customer experience and as always, don't miss out on the quote of the week at the end of the episode. And one of the things I want to say real quick is with this episode, we're going to be revealing some of the secrets that we use to benefit the customers. Sure. And we're revealing those secrets not because we use them for personal gain, but because we use them to improve customer experience. I think that's that's a, a great contextualization. Uh, it's so valuable to say that, you know, there is a number of aspects of this customer-based, uh, you know, customerology, as you've, as you've titled it, I think it's excellent, that is has to be rooted first in a place of authenticity, Yes, you know, and so ultimately setting the stage to say that when we approach this, there is a high level of integrity, uh, there is a vested interest that we're actually, we have pride or we're passionate about what we do, Yes, right? And so those are things that are the foundation which then allows us to employ some of these tactics to create a better consumer experience, uh, arguably for for our customer and then obviously for us, right? Correct. So, and and there's a couple talking points that I'll likely, you know, discuss or reveal through the process that, you know, some of our customers maybe the first time you're hearing it, but that are integral. Uh, building blocks that we have, you know, used over the years to to build the brand. Absolutely. With that said, I'll be amazed if we can keep this within a it's a, not, a one part. There's right? no way this is a based, one part based on time alone um, and how we do our how we do our recordings. I was I was asked over the weekend um, by a, a close friend who who knows me pretty well, and and you know their question was how do you find time to do this? You know? Um, and because they see the other outward, you know, the outward uh, projections of, of our persona as a business, as an individual. And, you know, the idea that we do have to time block it. We're getting started a little late today, per, yep. you know, but so we're going to end up doing what we can with what we've got. And, and that is, will be a value, but I see this spilling over into a couple part series, you know? And I think in a future episode, we are going to have to talk about time management as a specific with time blocking, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, just because there there is a finite amount of time. You cannot actually make time like people tell you to. No, no. So that's, there's... that's the only, I, I, I unfortunately have found myself saying the only thing that I can't buy these days is time, right? And so that making that a, a focused talking point, because of course, when I was starting out and it was you know, it was poor and, you know, relatively small reach, you know, I had time. That was, that was the, that was the resource that I had and that I could utilize to my fullest. And now uh, more important than ever is understand, understanding that's the only, that's the only consumable I can't pay for. Correct. So 
Uh, Customerology. Yes. Well, well, real quick, because of that, too, I wanted to bring up, we do have emails that we've gotten in. Uh, we're going to address in future episodes. So uh, one of our listeners was talking about the titles episode and sent mm-hmm. us some fun stuff on that. I want to review that in a future episode here. And also, we still have to follow up on Prepare to Self-Rescue. We talked about an additional episode to that. And we haven't done that, so that'll be in the future as well. Oh, good. Well, that's, that's, and, and that is obviously a great talking point that um, <clears throat> was a lesson that I learned early on when yes. I thought somebody else out there had the answer yeah. for me. And and the reality is, you know, I had put my, my trust or faith in this obscurity of the system. And I thought, well, you know, come to find out nobody's coming to rescue me. I have to we have to dive in and figure it out. And sometimes it's utilizing some of these these core principles that we are going to address today. Correct. And as Jeffrey had said, folks, make sure you wait for the end of the the program and listen for that quote of the week. I I, it's my favorite part. I can't uh, I, I can't encourage you enough to to listen to it, to write it down, to make a, you know, put it on a sticky note. Uh, I like when, when we get done with our podcast, Jeffrey goes over, he writes it on our, our whiteboard in our main uh, employee space. And I, I think that those are valuable to look at that and then to remind us. Uh, I have sticky notes. Uh, fortunately, Savage, uh, our editor and videographer, you know, has put some sticky notes on my computer. Those things do actually help. Those mantras do help us get through uh, tough times. And so listen for Jeffrey's quote that he's prepared us. Take it into account. Write it down. Think about it. Write in and say something to us about it because uh, that's a very cool aspect of this program. So as I had mentioned, as far as uh, the customerology, it is so incredibly valuable for me to contextualize this. And, and ultimately, uh, I find myself as an individual contextualizing everything. So nihilism uh, is a term <laughs> that is all too often utilized uh, internally. But the idea that before you can employ customerology as the psychology of sales and customer service development, you have to first build upon the value uh, or the foundation of the fact of a, a few core values. And that is one an integrity or or an, an integrity based process. Absolutely. Um, the idea that uh, you are authentic in your approach, yes. right? And uh, and 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 ultimately, our customers uh, will see that they see that. I, I just recently spoke with one of our customers. And said, you know, the kind of investment, the care that we give our customers on a personal level is unlike many other businesses that they go to. Absolutely. And ultimately, one of the things that I often say is what we do isn't special, but how we do it is. And so the idea that we are an automotive service garage, and and so if you are unfamiliar, you're joining us because you're into leadership and self-improvement, this is a podcast that is is born from I Speak Jeep podcast, which is a wildly successful automotive podcast. But that is in of itself born from the fact that we are a hands-on physical service garage every day building, uh, you know, vehicles, building and maintaining vehicles for our customer base. And so uh, we actually have these uh, foundational building blocks for what we do on a daily basis. And so this customer said, you know, I, I know that I can trust you because you guys give us uh, as customers so much uh, investment uh, of time and, and honesty in the process. And I thought that's really cool. 
I don't have to tell them we're honest. It goes back to those titles. Right. Right. We don't have to hand them our mission statement or vision statement or, you know, an honesty creed. Well, and speaking of customerology, putting that kind of stuff out front first is actually a negative because now they're going, well, what are you trying to hide? Yes. Yeah. uh, Without question. And I think that oftentimes... The way that we do approach our customer base has backfired because so many consumers are cynical at this point. Oh, they yeah. are concerned about if you are being too giving of your you know, time, energy, resource as a business that you're trying to hide something. Right. No, I'm trying to ensure that you have the best possible experience and product at the end of the day that I can because that's my job. Well, it's because everybody wants transparency, but when it's offered to them at the level that we do, it, it's shocking. It's shocking, right? Now, I'm going to go back, and I think it's so valuable in that contextualization for me to share the number one uh, piece of belief that I have in business. And I believe that a for-profit enterprise, which if you're listening to this, you're likely interested in some type of business pursuit, or maybe it could be organizational pursuit, but ultimately business. My number one piece, my number one uh, secret ingredients to the recipe is that as a business, you have to make it easy for your customer to give you money. Yes. That is, for me, that is just what I boiled it down to many years ago, okay? Now, you could be like, Neil, that sounds pretty rash. I really like making soap. Okay, that's awesome. You can make soap as a hobby. And so what differentiates a hobby from a business is your ability to collect revenue based on the sales of the soap. Yes. And so... When I say that, I don't mean that we need to rake the customer over the coals to extort funds from them, but that we want to make it easy in order for them to say, hey, you know what? This seems like a valuable use of my hard-earned dollar, and so therefore, I'm going to give it to you. Right. And it's just that simple to me, and that starts with... The fact that we approach the the relationship with the consumer in such a way that the consumer feels value of interacting with us, of working with us, of exchanging funds with us. Yes. And so at the end of the day, make it easy for your consumer to give you money. And that part of that is customer service. And I always say we want to build lifelong customers because a lifelong customer will return tenfold to, to a one and done and I, I got a big fat payday out of this person yep. and now they feel violated and they, they're, they're unhappy with the services they received and they'll never come back and they won't share with their friends to go to this place. And that's, and that's where that value added experience comes into play. Without question. So, so there's my contextualization to get us pushed into a lot of our, our talking points that makes us unique. And one right? of the first talking points I want to bring up is avoiding certain words and phrases. Absolutely. And and this specifically because you had recently sent me a video where they were talking about the word follow-up, the F yes. word of customer service. Yes. And I, I thought that was so funny because there are so many different ways that you can phrase things mm-hmm. that you shouldn't. Um, and, and one of my favorite ones that I learned early on in my sales career was if somebody walks in the door and your first question is, how can I help you today? Mm-hmm. They're instinctively, especially in a, in a 
sales retail type place are going to be defensive because they don't want help. Sure. They want to have time to look around and see what's going on. They know what's best for themselves. They don't need some some random sure. sales guy to help Trying them. to jump down their throat at, at, at first. And I think it's valuable to say that a lot of these things um, likely ebb and flow with trends, right? Yes. So folks who are listening, these, these might ebb and flow. And you also might be in a position where you're a largely commission-based uh, employee or business. And so therefore you need to be a little more aggressive in your sales techniques. I recognize that this is going to go back to that sharpening the ax conversation, spend some time forming, spend some time developing. Don't go right in for the hard ask right away. Yep. Those are the things that will return, uh, again, tenfold over that initial jump on the consumer when they walk in the door. Correct. Or and, and ultimately, folks, understand that it's you showing up to give a bid on a landscape job. If you own a salon or spa, the first time a customer comes in the door, we should not be you know hammering them with promos and packages and so on and so forth. We want to develop that customer experience first. Yeah. So... What are some phrases that you try to avoid? Well, and I thought, you know, I love this. And, and so uh, understand, folks that are listening, <clears throat> the fact that we live in a, you know, 2023, by the, at the time that we're recording this, we live in a society where there's this, this whole gobbledygook conversation of, of who's woke and who's not. And what we used to call it political correctness, you know, 15, 20 years ago, right, right. PC. Again, you know, there's a there's a crossover, a similar underlying note of conversation. And I, as an individual, oftentimes get uh, a criticism that people will share when, you know, talking about me or uh, you know, sharing back with me is that oftentimes I am a little more slow to speak. Uh, my words all hang on them as I deliver them or that I can sound a little unnatural or robotic at times. And the reality of my own situation is that I am choosing words, constantly choosing my words. Uh, it's go back contextualizing. My mom was actually a, a, a honors English teacher. So I grew up in a household where words had meaning. They had authority. They have power. They have substance. And ultimately, I learned at a very early age that people, other people who consume our words, right? And we're just talking about that consumer provider yep. uh, relationship again, that the consumption of those words have an effect or a meaning on that person that I am sharing them with. Yeah. And ultimately, our own perceptions those are the activities and experiences that we have been exposed to up until the point of our initial meeting. Yes. Will dictate how that individual that I'm trying to communicate with receives my words. Their perception of the situation will affect how our communication works. Likewise, my perception of the situation will affect them or, or affect how I hear the conversation. Yes. With that said, I can control my own thoughts and actions. I cannot control theirs. And so my ability to choose words is a form, and I understand this, of manipulation of the conversation. But it is a positive manipulation. Yes. It is an attempt to present myself and my process in a way that opens the door 
to effective communication. Correct. Right? That is at the core uh, for me with word choice. So ultimately, we avoid, I have no problem saying we avoid politics by all stretch of imagination. Yep. Uh, I am a, a devout and strong Christian, but I got to tell you, I love all people. And I don't really care what you as the individual I'm communicate, communicating with bring to the table. You could downright, you know, disagree with all organized religion. And I am not going to get upset at you. Right. Because I respect your personal, you know, your personal belief system. And ultimately, if we're communicating about business oriented aspects I don't really care right? because we're here to develop you as an off-roader, as a person of the automotive community, and obviously, you know, your vehicle itself. And so for me to be able to identify the fact that we can compartmentalize those aspects of your human experience, that I'm unaffected by your personal belief system. However, if I use verbiage that inadvertently accidentally infringes on you or, you know, or somehow becomes a trigger in some capacity, then ultimately it may be a turnoff to you in our consumer experience. Yeah. And as a person who is trying to sell a relationship, ultimately I'm trying to convince you that, that, Hey, we're really authentic that, Hey, we've got great integrity in our process. We're not like these other businesses. Again, what we do isn't special. So now I need to tell you why, why it is, you know, why, how we do it is special by me trying to communicate that to you. Now I have to work 10 times harder because you have now, you know, you've heard a word, a trigger word, whatever that might be for you. Yep. And now your, your thought process has spiraled off as a consumer. And so ultimately um, I believe there's a couple of, of reasons why people choose their economic uh, outlets, right? So we have the Walmart model. I just want the best price for whatever tangible good that I'm investing in. And then we have the craftsman model. Yep. And they're investing in a craft, right? Not the arts and crafts, but an actual quality process. Right. Right. So for us, we're the craftsmen. Yep. Right. That's that's the reality of the situation. We understand that that's about having that good foundation. When we start customerology, we are not the business that is going to wholesale uh, imperfect or poor quality parts or processes. Right. Right. That's that's that foundational piece when we go through and and, you know, then share with our customer. So understanding that I then have to choose words that ultimately share those those concepts without dividing us. Right. Right. Yep. And so I have to say, well, I'm sorry. These are brands that we don't use. Right. Um, and I don't need to necessarily come out and put any brands down or for any particular reason, I need to be able to back up why we've made the decisions we make, but we don't need to lead into the conversation and be like, Oh, well, I see you have that part installed on your vehicle. That's junk. Or I saw you go to so-and-so, you know, shop down the road Oh, they're a hack, yeah. you know? Oh, I see, you know, you've been going to this salon and spa across town. Why'd you switch? That's none of my business. Yep. Our job is to share with you why we do the best. Oh, yeah. Right? And so choosing those words, not oversharing, not putting somebody down, but 
talking positively and contextualizing your foundational principles is going to help that customer feel more secure in this relationship. Well, and another thing that'll help catch customers off guard, and, and when I would train salespeople, the first first lesson I would teach them is when you go over and approach that customer, I don't want you to ask them anything about the reason they're here. Right. Find out who they are. 100%. Find out who they are, and when they come back, remember those things. Talk about those things I'm with a, them. I'm going to jump in on this and say, we know why they're there, right? And so exactly. ultimately... Uh, you in in this particular situation, and we we talk about our combined forty years. You have a decorated experience in in retail. Yep. Uh, I believe one of your found your foundational experiences was within furniture. Correct. Right. And and so if somebody walks into a furniture store, they know why you're there. They're not there just because they want to go have fun. They are there to purchase furniture. Right. If they without walk question, in, if they walk into our facility, they're here. Because of some aspect of their automotive experience. Correct. Right? And people come in regularly with this idea that we're going to tell them what they want. Yes. And our first question is, what do you want to do with it? Yeah. Right? It's that relationship piece. It's what are your experiences? Not what am I going to push down your throat? Right. Which, again, is going to be that traditional consumer experience, what most people are arguably used to, yeah. you know? And so when they walk into the furniture store, again, if the sales associate doesn't come up and say, how can I help you? Which, of course, we know uh, furniture is largely a commission-based sales yep. uh, experience. It's certainly in your bigger, right? That's one of those things we know about industries. Typically, furniture sales has a high commission rate for the floor salespeople. Correct. And so, you know, if that person doesn't jump on them as soon as they come in the door, right? Like piranhas to, you know, blood in the water. And and don't get me wrong. You should absolutely greet somebody that walks in your doors within the first Every 30 seconds. Time. Every but single greet time. greet and approach are two different things. Acknowledging their existence as yep. a human yes. is one thing. Uh Starting the sales conversation within that first 30 seconds is another. Correct. Right? And so I think that that is so critical of the consumer's experience. Exactly what you're saying. That acknowledging that they're here, I'm going to be around. Let me know if you need anything. And then leave them the heck alone. Yep. Right? Um, when that person is reasonably ready, or if you're ready to employ your next tactic in the sales, you know, sales process, sales experience... Then it should be about relationship building, yep, and not about the product. It's all about rapport. When the customer comes in, they are oftentimes to our facility. They oftentimes have a budget in mind. They have some money. They've already been looking around a little bit. Yes, and they're they're in their mind as a consumer. They're kind of focused on that as an experience. I have this this pot of money. These are these things. This is what I expect it to. Uh, to cost. It could be very loosely defined, but those are the realities of their experience. And I don't want your money is kind of one of the first things that we'll, we'll lead with. Because quite frankly, the money will come yeah. after we have developed that rapport with yes. each other. right? Yep. And so instead of making it this very cold transactional relationship, let's make it about the, the value-added experience. So 
as far as what you're saying uh, with that uh, and words and phrases that we should or shouldn't be using, what are some things that that what are there any specific phrases? We talked about the F word following up. Yep. Right. We talked about how can I help you? Yep. What are some other things that, that jumped to mind? I talked about avoiding your very typical civically you know minded things of, of politics and religion, uh, inf- inflammatory statements. Uh, I can I pro- I promise you people uh, that you should avoid always and never. That's just a human communication yep. piece. Yep. Avoid using absolutes. Always avoid absolutes. And then also... Always avoid absolutes. Yes. <laughs> and yes. then also... I'm glad you caught that. Yes. But the other thing... I would, wanted to make sure our listeners <laughs> fully caught it. Understanding <laughs> our personality, right? So now this is the issue. I, I'm so glad you did that, right? Because you did it with 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 humor and sarcasm and uh, a, 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 just a, a fun nature. But should we do that to a consumer who doesn't know you, Right. You have and, to build that rapport. You have to build that rapport. And the I know that I've had this conversation with people before. They go, well, that's just me. That's who I am. And if they don't like it, they can pound salt. And I'm like, okay, what is your goal in business? Yeah. Right? Because if your goal in business is to seek comfort and to create this kind of glass ceiling experience as a business owner, yep. because you are the center of your universe, well, then I'm sorry that, you know, you're right. If they don't like you, then they shouldn't, you know, patronize you. And so you have just sowed unto the world what you will receive. However, don't turn around and then be like, well, the economy's got me down and, you know, nobody wants to come here because I'm on the wrong side of town or whatever. No, 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 no. You're not running an effective business. You're running an effective ego stroke. Correct. And then the other thing that you really, truly need to avoid is closed-ended questions. Yes. Yes, no questions have no place in business. You should always leave open-ended questions because you're going to find out a whole lot more about the customer. Yes. Um, and, and it even goes to when you're trying to close a sale. Do you want to buy this today? That's not the right way to ask. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll talk about the proper type of closing techniques later in this as, as we progress. Yeah. Uh, probably have to be in the future episode. I think episode. we're going to have to do it in the future episode because I'm not done with words and, and, and phrases yet. So well, I think we're just going to end up. I agree. I think I want to ju- bring up the next talking point as part of the words and phrases. And that's okay. the mimic technique. Mm. And, and because of that, it, it plays very close with words and techniques, uh, words and phrases, because the mimic technique is, I, I call it being a chameleon with your customer. Okay. Um, in psychology, there is a study that helps people open up and become part of a social group a lot easier. <laughs> and that is by literally mimicking body language. Yes. Simply, if you take five, five guys that have never talked before and put them in a group and let them talk for a half an hour, by the end of the half hour, all five of them are going to be standing in the same way. Mm-hmm. Whether it be legs crossed, arms crossed, yes. you know, whatever it is. Yes they're all going to conform because the now they're is, comfortable. The beauty is uh, most people are not even aware of it. Correct. Right? It's subconscious in their behavior, especially if they're getting along. Because I think the interesting thing is if you put take that same group of five and you put uh, dissenting or discerning personalities, you'll actually see them position themselves. They'll all be different. They'll be different, yep. right? Um, which is a, just a fascinating psychology. Uh, and, and just revealing secrets to the conversation 
And and obviously this should not be something you should do really openly or awkwardly, but recognize being cognizant of the fact that when the person you're you are communicating with changes body position, you you should should right. <laughs> and um, if you if you mimic their body language, as long as you make it look comfortable and smooth, and if natural. you if you make it very obvious that you're copying them, it's going to yes. become awkward. Yes. But if you if you're natural and smooth about it and just gradually change into the similar positions, they're subconsciously going to accept you as a friend. One hundred percent. And and I cannot. Uh, I I love this. This is one of those you know kind of under the surface uh, concepts or techniques. And, you know, it, it works for dating folks. It was a, oh, something I read years ago phenomenal that as that. a person leans in, you want to lean in with them. You, you know, there's certain body language pieces. And, and so as a, a person, I am personally very, very, very interested in body language, uh, conversations. Uh, I've said in the past, I will oftentimes read, a situation. I'll do a read of a person. Shoes tell me everything I need to know. Some people have referenced that to me or back to me. That's one of my little talking points. Shoes tell me everything I need to know. But it also has to do with foot placement and where and how and your comfort level. Honestly, I'll see people who are a little too careless with their body. And it kind of makes me then understand that their spatial awareness is is less than mine. Right. So or they'll be very tight and closed off, uh, arms crossed or tight across the chest, um, with their, their shoulders or, or hands. And I'll recognize that they're not digging what I am sharing with them. So if I have to break bad news about a vehicle or a process, you know, and there are ways, there are techniques to open up that posture and, and help them become more open rather than closed. Because if you mimic the closed technique and the restricted technique, then you look defensive too. So there's, there's well, tactics and that's exactly, around that. That's what's valuable is recognizing that they are getting more closed off, right? And, you know, it, it's the idea of a horse with their ears, you know, slanted back. Yep. You know, you shouldn't try and jump on their back and ride them all of a sudden. Right. It, the same goes for humans, yep. right? As they close off more... You now, as a as a person trying to positively manipulate the conversation, you need to kind of reset your approach yep. and go, okay, how can I salvage this? Because quite frankly, again, if it's about relationship building, something that you are sharing with them is displeasing. Now, with that, the way that that relates to the words and phrases yes. is what I call mimic of speech. Yes. The mimic of the speech pattern. So if somebody comes in and starts talking all loud and boisterous, you want to replicate that immediately and play that back to them. They come in real soft-spoken and speaking kind of slow. You need to slow yourself down and bring your voice level down. Right. So that you're replicating their speech patterns. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly, the subconscious, again, recognizes that as an ally versus an enemy. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and again, the, the issue that you and I are having converse, you know, having our, our conversation between each other and, and with our, our listeners, arguably, is the idea that we ourselves are actually are very closely aligned in how we approach customerology. Yeah. Now, and again, it's, it's valuable to say that this is, these are foundational principles of our customer service experience here at SFJ. You know, again, what do you say to the person who's like, well, I am who I am because we're living in a society where there's a lot of people 
who who are using that as their flag into battle. Yep. And if you don't like me, then, you know, too bad. And and ultimately, I would share with folks that if that is what you currently are thinking or exposed to or or that value that you are, you know, that you are buying into, that you are going against unwritten rules of social interactions. Yep. That ultimately, <clears throat> excuse me, I understand that we are at a point in society where there is a lot of, you know, this focus on the personal liberties or personal experience, but there are unwritten rules that govern us as a society. And these are what we're talking about, the body language, the, 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 you know, how high we're talking or how fast or how loud. And those are all things that are subconscious. Yes. Right. And so that's not necessarily something that is being purposely done initially. And if you purposely choose to create tension because, well, you're disrespecting me, are are they, are they even aware of it? Correct. Uh, You know, how many times are, are people ourselves being exposed to triggers or our own misperceptions of a situation, which then negatively affect our relationship building process. And that's where you use the term earlier, manipulate. I want to elaborate on that just briefly before we transfer into the quote of the week. Manipulation in sales can be a very negative thing. Yes. In life, it can be a negative thing. However, when manipulation is used with honesty and integrity, like you mentioned at the beginning, yes, it benefits everyone. Yes. Because... You could have two different interactions, one where somebody is unaware of how to use manipulation to improve or direct a conversation positively mm-hmm. versus someone that does know how to do that. Same customer, same same problem coming in. Mm-hmm. The one who doesn't know how to positively manipulate that conversation is going to end up with a upset, irate customer. Yes. The one that can positively manipulate that conversation and direct it into a better uh, atmosphere, more positive outlook. Yes. will come ahead Be- every will time. will become more successful and every that, single time. And I can, I can tell you countless times that I've had a customer come in irate and absolutely. I mean, manip- it happens. I manipulated that conversation and now they're a lifelong customer. I've got customers from 10 years ago that still have my personal cell phone. Sure. And it's not because you were trying to you know, that you were selling out. It's I wasn't not taking advantage of them. You're not taking advantage of anybody. First of all, mistakes happen constantly in life. That's part of being human, folks. That's that everywhere. Happens. That happens everywhere. It's not, it's not special or unique to just your experience or our experience. It happens. And people become upset. You don't know what they bring to the table until you build that relationship and you form with them. You don't know where they're coming from. So realistically, you don't know what is going to send them over the edge next. They could be having a life-altering experience in their personal life, and that little nick in the back of their furniture when the delivery truck brought it to their house could be the you know the tipping point. Yep. And, and ultimately, we'll talk about that because I call it the beach ball effect. Yes. But with that idea... They're not mad at you. They're not mad at the couch. They're they're arguably, you know, they're probably pretty happy. But because they are are feeling unfulfilled on some other aspects of their life, 
that you're now going to bear the brunt of it. And if I get all personal and upset about it and I get, uh, you know, offended by this, then we're going to lose that positive human interaction. That's not going to be beneficial to anybody, obviously. Yep. And so that's where we're going to use these tactics, this customerology, uh, these techniques, the word choices that we use, the body language that we use, and we're going to constructively work at regaining the the trust build uh, of the relationship Correct. because that was our foundation in the first place right and, and it's all about building the customer experience if you're if you're doing it to build your personal gain you're doing it for the wrong reasons and just stop yes if you're building customer experience and improving their experience then you're using it for the right purpose and the the thing is i understand there are businesses out there who are going to be doing it just because, hey, I can make some some money. I'm building a company so I can sell it off. Those are different business models. The idea that those unwritten rules of society, what actually carries a business for decades, it creates an institution of that name brand. Those are those are the, for the right reasons, yep. right? And it's not to say the other ones don't exist. They do. But we're talking about the right reasons, the long game. Correct. I'm going to go ahead and transfer us over to our quote of the week. And this is my world now. So before I read the quote of the week, you're already laughing because you just read it. I just read um, it. I just read it. So the golden rule of negotiations is he who speaks first loses. And we're going to talk more about silence is golden and, and all of that. But my my quote, my mantra. Quote, quoted yourself. I love I, it. I did quote myself this time. He who calls first wins. Yes. That is uh, that was fantastic. And it uh, I, I read it again because... Um, because it is valuable for, for folks to, to, to absorb he or she who calls first wins, right? Jeff, the Italian stallion, <laughs> Shiramonte. I laugh because I once quoted myself to a college professor and this professor in the most constructive way possible, uh, squished me like a bug. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because right? I because I had quoted myself, uh, which was just it's just funny, is what it is. And it's not to say that it's not an incredibly valuable talking point because we. I mean, the moment that you brought it into the business, it was I adopted it immediately as one of my kind of core thought processes. Because well, it was one of those things that we were aware of. It was a place that I was weak on, and and it's just an. It's one of those things that you don't consciously realize the power behind until you start to think about it, until it's been brought to you. Yes. Um, and in sales especially or customer service, when you have a customer that is waiting to hear from you yes, and you call them first, yes, you have all the power in the conversation to yes. direct it the way you want. Yes. When they call you first, you have no power. You've been caught off guard. They run the conversation. And that can lead to them actually manipulating it to their benefit or, or because they're upset, right? right? Because they're upset. And now and the energy that you would like to be spending on saying, look at all these good things we've done. Yep. Now, now you're spending all that time and energy on de-escalating the situation. Correct. Right. And that's just, that is the difference because one of my own formative talking points that I've always had is that in the absence of the known, 
humans will create the worst possible experience, right? Yes. So with the unknown, we create a, a the the worst thing is happening, right? So if I can if I can let you know, if I can add transparency to a process and say this is the this is why we're doing what we're doing, now you don't get to make it up in your brain. You don't get to go a wild hair and be like, oh well. Maybe the, the money's gone. Maybe they're not doing what I asked them to do. Or, oh, hey, they have to charge me three, you know, hundred extra dollars. Right. Now they're just trying to, to get me, you know? And I'm going to throw one more fact on this is you cannot take advantage of this as a customer because it doesn't have that same benefit. Correct. If you are told that you're going to receive a phone call by this time or day and you call before that, you, you've given up that power as well. Yes. Now, if it gets to that time of day and they didn't call you and you wait another 20 minutes, half hour, whatever, and you call them, now you've gained that power back. I, I agree entirely. Those are really, really valuable power dynamic conversations, yes. right? And that is what it is about, folks. Uh, again, super loose recap. Coming from a place of integrity and authenticity, taking pride or passion in what you are trying to produce is the foundational building block of your ability to then communicate to your customer. At its core, business should be about making it easy for your, your customer to give you money. If it's not, then you're running a hobby business. Likewise, you want to choose words that help build up relationships and forming aspects of that that consumer and seller uh, conversation. Body language is so very, very important. And ultimately, so long as you are maintaining integrity in your process and what you originally sought out to do, then there is no offense. There is no uh, manipulation that is negative. There's, there's no frustration in this conversation that we're having between consumer and provider, we're there for a common common goal and reason. So remember that and build upon that. This has been a fun conversation. We're headed over to our our parent podcast to get that moving. Yep. Uh, it's always a good time, folks. We hope that you enjoy this conversation. You too can be part of it. You can reach us on our text only number at 440-855-2100 or email Jeff the Italian Stallion, the producer at Jeff, J-E-F-F-C at S-F-J 4x4.com. We hope to hear from you. We'd love to know your input on some of these topics we've shared. It's time to get out there and get hungry. And stay hungry. And this is my the American dream is not dead. We want to help you along the way. With over 40 years of combined leadership experience, we want to help you succeed. Share your stories, ask us questions, and believe in the American dream. Through heart and hustle, we will show you the path of success and hopefully have a little fun along the way. You can email us at jeffc at sfj4x4.com or text us at 440-855-2100. Until next time, lead with your heart and keep hustling.